As a driven dentist, you see the world differently. Where some see scarcity, you see abundance. When others want to give up, you keep going. You're building an amazing life of significance. That means you can't rely on ordinary advice from ordinary advisors to get to your goals. You want advice that's going to help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love, the causes you care about, and make your dent in the universe. But the fact is, this advice remains hidden because relatively few professionals are well-versed in them, and the extremely affluent don't care to let you know about them. Join us as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families. Welcome to Dental Wealth Nation. Here's your host, Tim McNeely. Hey, welcome everyone to another edition of Dental Wealth Nation. I am so excited that you are here today. And I don't know about you, but I know I have a favorite type of client when I get into my practice, and that is a referral, someone who's been pre-vetted, pre-qualified, and knows what I do, and they know how I do it, and they are ready to work with me. And I bet you as a dentist, you love getting those kinds of patients too. Someone who comes in, who knows your story, knows the kind of work you do, and they are excited to start working with you. And that's why I am so thrilled about today and what we're going to be talking about. And by the time we finish today, you're going to know how you can build a strategic process. We're not going to leave this to chance. You can build a strategic process for getting the best patients ever. And that's a referral. You're going to have a new mindset towards referral. And like I said, you're going to have this process for getting and generating even more referrals. And you're going to feel ambitious and excited about your practice again and ready to get out there and achieve even more of your most important goals. And by doing this, you're going to be able to build that amazing life of significance so you can take even better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really make that difference in the world. And our guest today, wow, I am so excited. It's Edward Dearborn. And and Edwin is a author. He's the virtual chief marketing officer for Branded Charitables, and he's going to tell you how you can get even more referrals. Edwin, welcome to the show. Hey, Tim. Thanks for having me. I'm really blessed and uh, thankful that you had me as a guest. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I am so excited to, to hear from you because I love referrals and I know our audience loves referrals too. And before we dive into to this process and really giving them a roadmap, tell us a little bit about how you got started and what your revelation was when it comes to generating and getting referrals. All right, I will. So real quickly, two things. Number one, when I was 19 years old, right out of high school, I took some classes on advertising at a community college. My parents were also starting their own travel agency. So I didn't know anything about the travel business, but being young and studying advertising, now this is back in the 80s, I thought, you know what, I'll take my knowledge of advertising and I'll go out there and I'll hand out flyers. This is the 80s, remember you handed out flyers. <laughs> and I would go to these business parks and then every time we got a client, I would put them in a database, an email list, and I would email them a newsletter every month. And by staying in front of our list and staying in front of our local neighborhood, not only did we get new customers, but we got repeat business and we got referrals. And I was like, wow, I'm actually growing a business with these basics that I'm learning at this community college. So that was my first experience. 
And I worked with my parents for three years and we built a multi-million dollar travel agency back in the 80s when multi-million dollars was like a lot of money. Then I went on because of my love of marketing and advertising. I went for uh, a job and got the job for about two years working for an advertising agency in Orange County, California called J. Brooks Potter. And this is now I'm going up to corporate level accounts and I really get to see a level of sophistication that I was only reading about in the corporate world. And I did that for two years and I really got to see, you know, multiple disciplines of advertising, whether it be billboards, radio, television, you know, referral marketing. I got to see this, they didn't call it that back then, but an omni-channel approach. And so those two things really set for me this mindset that you can grow a business proactively, but you've got to have a plan in place. And that plan is based on research and understanding your audience, but understanding what resources you have to get yourself in front of more people. Hmm. Wow. So, so let, let, let's pretend we're a dentist now, right? We've got our practice and, and you said, right, we've got to kind of understand our, our deal, you know, our ideal audience and, and what that looks like. What are some questions that a doctor can be asking themselves to really define what is their ideal patient? What, what does their ideal audience look like? Yeah, great. I think, you know, um, the answer lies within your data and the data is in your files. So you could just sit there and go, okay, a lot of times I'll just add this. Tell me about your last 50 awesome patients. Let's start with the awesome. Let's re let's reverse engineer the awesome patient because we don't want the bad patient. So what's an awesome patient? Oh, they're friendly. Um, they usually come from this part of town. They buy my best services. They spend anywhere from five to $15,000 on crowns and implants, et cetera. Okay, good. So let's go back into the records and let's look at the last 50 people that kind of fit that persona. And then we start to look through the data and we're like, wow, we'll start to see commonalities, zip codes, age, um, professions. We start to, you know what I mean? The answer is in the data. Most people don't analyze their data. They don't ask those questions like, well, who were the last 50 awesome patients? Is there some commonalities? And if you look and you start asking those questions, guess what? The data will give you the answers. I'll give you one example. This wasn't a dentist, but this is one of my early examples with this about nine years ago. I was asked to work with uh, a company in Orange County that does custom shutters. I mean, they charge 20, 30, $40,000 to do custom shutters. And I told her, I said, I bet you anything, 20% of your best clients produce 80% of the revenue for the company. You get that guy that just buys everything. He wants, he's got a multi-million dollar home. And I bet you out of the, the 40 zip codes or the, the 40 cities within Orange County, I bet it comes down to about 15 to 18 zip codes. And she's like, nah, that's, that couldn't be. So we looked at the data. Guess what? We found that 80% of her gross revenue came from 18 zip codes. Wow. 18 zip codes produced 80% of their wealth. Wow. So I was like, 
why are we not marketing heavily to this? And it was just, and she said the same thing. She was like, I never knew that. I go, the answer was lying within your data the entire time. If you, if you unmask the data and you reveal the data and you do some homework, because it took us about three or four hours to just go through all the invoices and find, you know, we took all the big clients that produced the most money and it came down to 19 zip codes. So guess what we did? We sent postcards to those 19 zip codes. We ran ads in, in those mailers in those 19 zip codes. We attacked those 19 zip codes with Facebook ads. So all of a sudden we had an omni-channel approach. We became the obvious choice within those 19 zip codes. We went from within a matter of years doing 50, 60,000 a month. They're now doing three to 400,000 a month. Wow. Wow. Right. I, I, I don't know about you, but that just completely shifted my mindset in, in terms of how we think about this process. Because because I know so often we think about, you know, building our ideal client avatar and, and putting something together. And we think we got to, you know, head off into the woods somewhere and really dream about what do we like and what does it look like and what color clothes do they wear? But the reality is, is it's simple as diving into our data and mm -hmm. seeing what's already in front of us. And so the answers, I think, are, are already there. Yep. And, and I love the simplicity of that approach, Edwin, right? It's just completely simple, really easy. Use what you already have because the answers are there. Use what you already have. I'll tell you, you know, one of the sh things that in strategy, I... I you know, I, I've studied a lot about strategy. And one of the key components of strategy is the use of resources. In fact, you could say, this is a simplistic definition, that all strategy is, is the intelligent use of existing resources. The intelligent use of existing resources. The data is an existing resource to help you intelligently go after more of those similar resources. So when you intelligently analyze your data, it's almost like the universe has got the secret there to reveal to you if you look. Wow. And all of a sudden there's that, holy wow, exactly. And once we get that data, it almost all our activities become very simple because it's based on true information. It's not guessing or hoping or wondering or being confused or being frustrated. It's like the answer is solid and it is there. Wow, I, I I love that, and, and I know as you and I were were talking earlier, right, about referrals. You referred to referrals as something I thought was was really brilliant, and you called it the marketing blind spot. Why do you call referrals the marketing blind spot? And what do you mean by that? Yeah, good, great question. So if I talk about marketing, people go, yeah, marketing, you know, sales, and everybody's got their own definition, you know, and ads and postcards and newsletters and whatever they've got it defined. So I go, great. So tell me about your referral marketing. And it because referrals never get mentioned when I ask them what marketing it is. And the moment I point that out, they're like, oh, yeah, 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 referrals too. You know, it's, it's, it's like this out of sight, out of mind. And I'm like, but it's funny you mentioned all these other things, but aren't referrals your best patients? And they're like, yeah. And I go, well, we know they're your best patients, yet you didn't mention that as part of your marketing. You know, or you 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 talked about it very generally. Oh, and yeah, we, we like referrals, 
okay, well, tell me about how you get them. And they're like, so it's this blind spot. A blind spot, by definition, is an area that we don't look to. We don't, we can't think with. We, we have a lack of information about. And so when you ask them, what's your proactive strategy for referrals, they, they struggle. And it's, it literally is an area that they can't think with analytically and strategically. Hmm. Do you think that's because they're just used to, you know, referrals showing up now and then yes. and, and they don't realize that, that you can actually build a strategic process for generating even more referrals? Absolutely. I think when you, you know, when you tell people how to get more referrals, there's a, there's a couple things that come to mind that bother them. They feel that asking for them is begging. And I go over that in my book, which I gave you the link to, Referology, where I go into the psychology and strategies of referrals. You don't have to beg to dramatically increase your referrals. In fact, I mean, you don't like begging and people don't like to be begged. So that, obviously that's not the answer. <laughs> if, if that's a process that we don't enjoy. Offering financial incentives, believe it or not, is actually one of the lowest incentives to send referrals. So giving them Starbucks cards or a kickback, in some cases is illegal, but also it's a bit, it's just a bit unprofessional. So that doesn't really work either. So then it's like, well, if we don't beg and we don't offer financial incentives, what's left? And there's the blind spot. There's actually so many things we could do, but you know, versus me trying to detail 40 pages of my free ebook, I just tell people, go get with the ebook, read it. You could probably read it and two or three hours, and you'll see that there's actually multiple strategic plays to inspire people to refer you more patients. Yeah, no, I, and I just posted the link down below. So I would encourage you to download this free resource, grab it, read it, because, you know, what you were just talking about, Edwin, is so true. And I know when I started my career 20 years ago, I hated the idea of asking for a referral. Mm -hmm. It was all about me. It's who do you know that I can help? Who do you know that you want to refer me, right? It's all about me. But all of a sudden, when I started working with some, some top tier coaches and, and really learning what referrals are about, you, you, you have a mindset change and it's no longer about asking for something, That's but right. now it's about offering value to people. How do you want to help the people you care about? Here's what you're entitled to as one of my clients. You can give people access to me and my time and I'll sit down and help the people you care about. And all of a sudden that changes it. And now I'm not asking for anything That's I'm right. asking to help. And I'll tell you, it changes everything. And so, so right. There's so much mindset that goes around mm -hmm. referrals and the right way to do it and the wrong way to do it. Exactly. And, and in my ebook, I go over, there's four different types of referrals. Okay. So each one has its own strategy. So there's not just a referral. When you really look at it, there's different ways that people get referred. Mm -hmm. Like some people get referred, they go to Yelp, they see your success story, and that is enough to refer them. Or you can have a professional co-branding relationship with another practice or another brand where you've got a written agreement. Now that's a formal referral. You're our preferred provider. And then there's two others that I go over in the book. So what I show is it isn't just a matter of getting a referral. There's four different strategies to get referrals. And there's technologies and applications and processes that you can put in place.
to get those types of referrals. Wow. How exciting. I, I, I'm looking forward to, to diving into that. And, I, I, and even earlier, right, we, we were talking about, you know, just the importance of, of having a written sales and marketing program. And when you're working with dentists and, and doctors, how often do you actually see a written sales and marketing program? Never. I, I, right, <laughs> what do you think that is, right? Because we all want to grow our business. We all yeah. know that, right? It's super important to, to market, to, to share the message, to get what we do out to everyone. But yet we don't have any kind of strategic plan in place other than, hey, you know, I hire this marketing company and I pay them some money every month or I do this thing, right? There, there's no strategy behind it. Why do you think that is? Most don't even know what the word strategy means. Hmm. I just ask them the definition of the word. Ask them to clearly define what strategy means. And yeah. what, what I have found in most people is they think it's just thinking up bright ideas. That you just sit in some corner, you know, and pontificate and you come up with these aha moments and brilliant ideas. But that's not what strategy is. Like, And the example I always give is Dwight D. Eisenhower landing on Normandy. Like this was a very well thought out written plan. I mean, you had written orders, you had maps, you had code books, you had manuals, you had, you know, I mean, this was documented well before and everybody knew where to go and what to do. And it was all, it was very detailed hmm. all the way from supplies, cigarettes, ammunition, gasoline, you know, when and where, how. Now, you don't have to invade an enemy territory to take off, to take away Hitler. You have a much easier, but the principles, the principles, the maxims, the axioms are the same, which is you should go in and land on your beach with a written coordinated plan of who does what. I mean, they teach this in every business school, have a written plan. Mm -hmm. USC, uh, you know, Oxford, Harvard, Yale, this is just common knowledge. And yet, although it's common knowledge, it's an uncommon practice. Yeah. You know what happens when you start to put your thoughts to writing and, and you lay it out in exact who does what? Confusion blows off. All of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh, we have a concise of who does what as a routine. You know, uh, McDonald's doesn't open a McDonald's. Everything's in writing. How to make a burger, how to open a, you know, they have, you know, Burger University or you or whatever they call it, right? Everything's written down. There's, there's no guesswork of how to make a McDonald's work. It's all in a manual. And that's why they're a multi-billion dollar organization. They have written processes and everybody knows exactly what to do when they arrive. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, the, the importance of writing things down, right? It enables communication with your yeah. team. It enables communication with the vendors that you work with so that it really aligns people and everyone understands, hey, here's what the mission we're, we're, we're on. And more importantly, here's how we're accomplishing that mission. And, and I'm guessing we don't just need a written sales and marketing program, but we're talking about referrals. So I'm guessing actually even a referral program should yeah. be written down and documented. Absolutely. Do you know, I wrote 
you know, when people go, well, help me write a, a marketing program, it's usually just two pages long, which includes what we're going to do to get more referrals. Because there's a crawl, walk, run stage in your planning. So they've got these big visions and it starts to get overwhelming of all the things they're sure doing. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to take a crawl, walk, run. We'll crawl for three months, maybe six months. Then we'll walk for another three to six months. Then we'll run next year. So what can we do right now with what we have? Don't worry about what you don't have or should be doing or what your competition is doing. We could probably boil us down to one or two pages. And all of a sudden, guess what happens when you start doing those basics consistently? You grow. You know, what happens when you start doing push-ups and, and, and pull-ups consistently? Maybe you only do three exercises. You don't go to the gym. You just do push-ups, pull-ups, and squats. But you do them every day. What happens after three months? You get toned. You get, you know, you're like, what are you doing? I just keep doing push-ups, you know, pull-ups and squats. And I'm and I do it an hour a day. And guess what? I'm I'm getting ripped. Right. You're doing the basics over and over and over. Now we can get you with a trainer and you can start juicing yourself up with protein and you know, getting a professional trainer and now take it to the next level. But you got the fundamentals in. Yeah, no, so, so true. And so, right, if a dentist is listening to this, right, if you're listening to this right now, you know, and they want to increase their referrals by now in the end of the year, right? If, that, if that's their goal, they say, hey, I like this referral thing and I don't have a written sales and marketing program. I don't have a written referral process, but but I'm ready to start crawling. I, I, I can at least start crawling here. What would be one or two kind of core elements that you would consider thinking through in writing down this referral program and this referral process? What are kind of just the big high level overviews that someone could jot down and start working on right now? Great question. All right. So I'm going to give you three of them. Number one is, do you have an email database? You know, they probably do, or most likely they don't. But do you actually use your email? Are you sending helpful content to the people that have already done business with you? Are you staying in front of the people? Do you know there was a study done that 80% of the people leave a brand for another brand, not because they were upset with the previous brand, but because of indifference. The previous brand forgot to communicate with them on an ongoing basis, and so they drifted to another brand. So a lot of people lose patience, not because they hate the service that you delivered last time or they're upset. You just didn't stay in front of them. And then another dentist got in front of them with some type of special or offer or, or brand message. And they went, you know, I'll try that guy. So if you don't stay in front of your database, you're going to lose reactivations and those reactivated patients come back and now you're top of mind and they bring you more referrals. So stay in front of the people that already know, love and trust you on an ongoing basis, whether that's Facebook posts, but emails are great, postcards, just be the obvious choice to the people that already know you. And I've met dentists that have databases of five, 10,000 uh, patients, and they do nothing to stay in front of them. And I go, you are leaving money on the table in terms of patient reactivations and the referrals. Maybe the guy gets the postcard and he's happy with his teeth, but then he shows the postcard to his wife 
or his brother or his cohort or 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 see those things spread okay so that's number one number two when people are coming in and this is a technique that we've used very successfully which is the person comes out you know they're happy beautiful smile and we would do this hey um are you happy with the service that you received we'd let them talk oh my god the dentist you guys are friendly it's so clean you go would you mind saying that exact thing online on yelp and google great and then you get them to leave the review right then and there. You don't wait for them because 99% will forget. So what we do, that's what I would call a soft referral. They're not referring anybody directly, but you and I know that if you had hundreds of positive reviews on Yelp and Google, you know that's going to eventually turn into more business, right? Absolutely. So that's that's... That's the very first level of referrals, which I refer to as a soft referral. They're not referring directly, but they are referring to you as a reliable resource. Okay, great. So now that's strategy number two. Ask every happy person, go, oh, man, what an amazing successor. We're so happy. Would you, would you mind saying that online? Oh, yeah. Capture them in the moment. Don't let that moment go away. Capture, document the moment. Those moments are happening every day. Document the moment. Okay, number three. Within your database, within your patient flow, the body's walking in, 5% of your patients are what we would call a nano or micro influencer. A nano influencer is someone that has between 1,000 and 10,000 followers on social media. A micro influencer has between 10,000 and 50,000 followers on social media. So most people, when you think you say influencer, they're thinking Instagram model with millions of followers. Yeah, that's what I do as a side gig. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, 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 me too. <laughs> but I go, you, there's this other side. Now get... Now, studies have shown that nano and micro influencers actually have a higher engagement level because they're very real people. Yeah, I, I actually want to back up for a second, right? That that statistic blows my mind. You said about 5% of patients walking in a dentist practice, walking into your practice, are these nano influencers where they've got followers from what? You said about 1,000 to 10,000? 1,000 to 50,000. Wow, right, 5% of your right. right, 5%. So you're going to see 20 patients today. There's one of them. Oh, my gosh. That's actually an online influencer. I, I, I That blows my mind. I, I would have never even considered that. Blind spot. Yep. Okay. So here's what I do. You, you, you have these people, they're happy. They leave the review. You go, Hey, by the way, are you active on social media as well? And they're like, Oh my God, I'm so into Instagram and TikTok, And I'm, or, you know, I've got eight, you know, like me, I have almost 19,000 followers on LinkedIn and you go, wow. Hey, can we take a, a selfie with the, the, the doctor's logo and you leave a little success story on your TikTok video or your LinkedIn post? Mm -hmm. Sure, let's do it. Because if they're an influencer and they're happy with you, they know that that's part of their job. They love sharing brands. Influencers are these special breed of people that just love to share because they're just whatever, it's in them. 
Yeah, right. And, and, and you know the people that we're talking about, right? These are the people that always show up. They're telling you about their latest gadget that they got or the latest experience that they did or the latest restaurant they're out, right? They just love sharing their experiences with, with everyone. And so that's really what these, these nano and micro influences are. Are they just the people who love to share their good experiences with everyone? Yeah, they're already programmed to do it. Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. All I have to do is light the little match and instigate it and they're off. Wow. So I have to speak their language though to go, can you give me a referral? No. Tag me in your post. That's the new that's the new language that we've got to learn speaking in the new era of yeah. referrals. So guess what? If you're with a real person, and they're really an influencer, you know, and look for those. Let's say you had, you were open 20 days out of the month and you had 20 influencers per month post something on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook. What would be the cumulative effect of that if you just did that every day for years and years and years on top of building more reviews, on yeah. top of being in front of your database with good content? Yeah. Wow. You're gonna get more referrals. Yep. Yeah. And Edwin, I absolutely love this because, you know, so many of the, the dentists, right, they are so busy running their practice, right? They are, they are entrenched in the clinical side of dentistry and they've got a little bit of time left for everything else, right? For the, for the business, for the admin, for the employees, right? For, for everything, right? So little of that time. And, and so often we think about, you know, the, the marketing and the business growth, it's an additional burden that, that you carry. And what I love about everything that you just shared, these three things, number one is, are you actually communicating to your email database that you've already got? And that may be and, a little bit, yeah. And Tim, you can outsource that. Hire a content creator, hire a marketing agency. You know, you write the stuff, we'll approve it. it you talked about that extra burden, outsource it. Yeah. Yeah. A virtual assistant yep. or, or or some college kid who, who oh, I know email. I know how to create content. I'm a videographer, whatever. What I'm saying is you can outsource some of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But right. Specifically, though, the, the second one is just asking people, are you happy with the service? Right. That's so simple. That, that's something you can introduce to your staff at a morning meeting and just say, this is what I want you to do is every time you escort a patient out after they finish their treatment, just ask them if they're happy. And if they say yes, ask them to leave a review. I mean, that is that is so drop dead simple that it is. anyone can do this, right? It doesn't matter how busy you are. You got enough time to have that conversation because you're going to be chit-chatting with the patient about something anyway. It might as well be something of value. Tim, just that one strategy of asking the patient when they're happy. I took one practice in Northern California from 50 reviews to 175 reviews in five months. Incredible. And all of a sudden, guess what happened? They were ranking at the top because they had the most reviews. And they're like, yeah, we're getting a lot more calls off of people finding us on Google. Right. Because your Google My Business profile is ranking higher because you're getting the you're getting those soft referrals, those reviews. Yeah. 
Yeah, very true. Now, you know, we've also talked a little bit about kind of building connection with your your audience, right? And, and brand and what that looks like, right? We've tossed around some some terms and in, in, right talking about branded content or you know personal branding. What are these different things? And I think it's so important whether whether you as the doctor choose to do this or you outsource it and work with someone, it's important to to have this vocabulary so you can properly communicate with the, the vendors and the service providers that you work with. So talk us through what, you know, branding, right? What, what's branded content? What's personal branding? And, mm -hmm. and how do we build that connection with our audience? Yeah, great questions. So personal branding means different things to different people. I know that we, we kind of get to this default idea that it's, oh, personal branding is just a bunch of photos of me looking sexy, living this lifestyle. But really your personal brand is your promise that you deliver upon. That's really your brand. Hmm. Your personal brand is the promise that you will deliver upon. So I could ask a dentist, what is the promise that you'll actually deliver? And it may be people walk out with beautiful smiles and more confidence. Great. Good. They don't hide their teeth. And guess what happens when people smile? When you smile, the smile will the, the world smiles back at you, doesn't it? Like if you just go up to walk on the mall and you smile at someone, there's a good chance they'll smile back. So I just want to deliver better smiles. I want people to feel confident about their smiles. I'm on that mission. Yeah, I've got financial goals, but really what's the purpose? What's the result that I deliver and render to the world? So I get them to articulate that. Not who I am and how sexy I look, but what are you rendering and delivering to the world as something that's valuable? Now I deconstruct the personal brand going, good, we're going to build your message around that promise and we're going to tell stories. And this is branded content. Branded content is stories you're going to tell that's going to have your brand on. Maybe it has the logo on it or it mentions your name. The brand isn't in front. What we're doing is we're making your patient the hero of the story. They got this smile and now they're confident and they're networking in business because they're not afraid to go in public. Or, you know, he's now ready to go on dates and he met the love of his life because he was proud of his smile. And we tell those stories. And this story was brought to you by Dr. So-and-so. Right? So instead of selling... Let's tell, let's tell a great story about how your promise as a personal brand was actually delivered and brought value to the life of another human being. So few dentists are doing that. And when you do that well, wow, now you stand out as a brand because people get these videos through your email, <laughs> through your social media posts. And they're like, wow, you, you. I can see that you're committed to your purpose. I can see that you're committed to serving others because of the stories that you tell, the lives that you change. Isn't that the dentist you want to work with if you're going to pick one? If you had a multiple dentist to select who deliver pretty much the same service, who are you going to pick? You're going to pick the one that tells great stories, that connects with patients, that shares this purpose and this passion of helping people. And 
we got this instrument called a mobile device and you can make these videos from this mobile device. So it's not a lack of equipment. Yeah, right. Exactly. We are going to work with the the people that we feel that emotional connection with the the, the people who make us feel better, the people who empower us, the the, the people who who inspire us. Right. Those are the people we want to work with because that's who we want to be around. And, and the best way to do that, Edwin, as you just mentioned, is through storytelling. Right. What a powerful lesson. Yeah. And and by the way, I go over that in my book, Referology: How to Use What I Call Contagious Content. Yeah. contagious because it it infects you it gets your mind and heart racing yep yeah and i was just looking at that book right so powerful once again i'd encourage you to download it it's free grab this read the resources yeah. it's, it's, it's there free we give yeah. it to you for free yeah. right that's the best price available um yeah. you know because we want to help you grow your business right that's what this podcast is all about is helping you build that amazing life of significance and using your business to do it and what greater way to have an impact than reaching out and sharing these stories with people. Now, you know, Edwin, we also kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but right, we are so busy in our practices and our personal lives. And maybe we can do some of this. Maybe we can hire someone else to do this. How do we even go about selecting and finding people to work with to help us do these things? I think, you know, what I try to offer as a virtual chief marketing officer, and I'm not the only one, they're also referred to as a fractional chief marketing officer, whether you go virtual or fractional, basically the same thing, which is, you know, the difference between myself or any virtual chief marketing officer and a marketing agency is a marketing agency tends to focus on a couple of disciplines. We run your Google ads, we build a website, we run Facebook ads. Those are all valid technologies and approaches. Whereas I look at it and, and look at it from all the divisions, all the departments of an organization. Because really marketing is an organizational wide activity. It's not just a matter of we ran some ads. It's like, yeah, but is the front office girl asking for the reviews? Are we involved in community activities? Are we using our email database, right? There's, there's many ways to put a brand in front of it. And all of a sudden I take a C-level executive view of the entire organization and go, wait, there's, there's 18 other opportunities to grow your brand other than just Facebook ads and Google ads on a website. But when you only do Google ads and Facebook ads on a website, that's all you see. When you're a hammer, everything's a nail. And I'm a toolbox. I'm yeah. not a hammer. Right. And I think that's such an important distinction for people to understand, right? Sometimes you may just want that hammer in the practice. That, yeah, that sure. all that you require, you, you know what's missing. You say, I just need my website to, to do this thing. Absolutely. Or I just want to run some Facebook ads, right? That, that may be all you require. True. But if you're really looking for that holistic approach and you want to know how all these puzzle pieces fit together, I think that's where the role of a chief marketing officer comes in because it is that that organizational view of mm -hmm. everything. And, yeah. and the great thing about today's economy and just the way things have done is we can hire people like you on a fractional basis, right? Because, you know, a small practice, we don't need a full-time chief marketing officer the same way that Apple needs a chief marketing officer, right? right? We right. need just enough to build the strategy, build the tactics, and then measure and implement them. So, so that distinction, I think, is very, very helpful. And thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, and I'll tell you really where kind of 
a value of like someone myself or another person that does what I do comes in play. It's typically a practice that's probably doing about 2 million a year ish. And they want to go to 4 million or they want to open that second practice. Like they, they're looking at scale, a whole new level of scale and just running more Facebook ads isn't going to do that. Right. So it's like the hammer was good to get us up to 2 million, but now we want to open up the second practice or I want to take it up to 4 million so that it's worth a lot more money for my exit strategy. How do I grow at scale in a rapid basis? So that's typically the dentist. Now that doesn't mean that I don't have programs and services for people below that level. I'm just saying that tends to be the guy. So if you're one of those dentists, it's like, man, I've got this big dream to build a brand across my county or multiple locations or take it just to a whole 10x level, then having someone like myself on a virtual basis would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, I, I know the other thing someone may be thinking of is, right, they, they may have that that marketing company that they really, really love, right? They've got a longstanding relationship with a, with a provider, maybe a buddy out of college, right? Someone who, who does a good job on that one aspect. Yeah. You work with the team. Is that something you replace or are those no. vendors that you can actually leave in place? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, most of the time we do leave them in place, you know, it because they're really good at that. If that's part of the success, why would I want to remove that? I'm not uh, egotistical. I'm like, good, we keep that. We keep Facebook ad guy or gal in place. It's working. They're good at it. They're part of the team. But are they going to take you to that 5X status? No. Okay. Because you're saturating your county with as many Facebook ads as you can. We've played that out. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have so, to have other avenues other than just Facebook. Yeah. So, yeah. so a lot of your role then is once again kind of looking at the the big picture organizational structure, and then it's even doing an analysis of of who's doing what. Are they doing a good job? How are they performing? Do we keep them? Do we need to replace them? And a lot of times, if they're doing a great job, you want to keep those people in place. If it works, don't fix it. I love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> so, so Edwin, how can we get in touch with you? How can we find you? Great. So you could go to LinkedIn and type in Edwin Dearborn. I'll probably be the only Edwin Dearborn that pops up. Or just go to the link that you provided, get my free ebook, and then all our contact information is on that website. So either LinkedIn or just go to the link and you'll find our contact info. Okay, excellent. And we'll post that again down below so you can get in touch with Edwin, encourage you to, to download the book. Now, now, Edwin, the other thing that I love to do here on Dental Wealth Nation, especially when I've got someone like you on the show, is you are also a business owner yourself, right? You are in the trenches, just like most of the dentists that, that I work with. And, and right, being a business owner, it takes different mindsets, different strategies. And, and so I would love to just kind of pick your brain a little bit in terms of some of the resources, some of the things that you've learned that have helped you grow your company so that the dentists can use those same principles, strategies, and tactics to grow their practice. And so let's start off talking about books. I'm a big reader. Do you have a favorite book for entrepreneurs that you've been reading lately? Yeah, although I'd like to tout the three books that I've read, I will tout a book that I always tout and have The New Rules of Marketing and PR by David Meerman Scott. Okay. I, I think, I think that's, a, that's a must read for anybody. Why is that? What is it that, that you really picked up? What's so valuable in that? Well, he talks about important things that work, but he talks in a language 
that I think the new person can understand. I think that's, it's not just what you talk about, it's how you talk about it, hmm. how you teach. And I think David Meerman Scott makes it very palpable and absorbable for an average guy that maybe doesn't have a lot of knowledge about online marketing. Okay. All right. So that, that's kind of a good introduction, right? Talking about strategies that work. And give us the name of that book one more time. The New Rules of Marketing NPR by David Meerman Scott. All right. Excellent. And we'll we'll give everyone a link for that too so they can check it out. Now, what are some key insights? And you've already shared several of them, right? And, and it may be what you've already shared, but what would be a key insight that, that you would share with our audience that's going to help them get better results in, in their business and their life? Great question. Um, you know, YouTube is, to me is the greatest university on the planet. There's so much knowledge there. I tell people, if you want to learn anything about anything, I mean, anything of anything, do 50 hours of deep dive on that subject by watching 50 hours of YouTube video. So if you're like, I don't know how to do local SEO, type in do-it-yourself local SEO in the search bar and watch 50 hours of videos and you will learn local SEO. You wanna know how to you know, hunt deer in Wisconsin, type in hunt deer in Wisconsin and watch 50 hours and you're gonna look, I don't care what it is. It is, it's incredible what people can find. So if you've got an issue with something, how to, you know, how do I use LinkedIn for business? Um, how do I attract, you know, whatever. I'm telling you, YouTube is a major unlock for discovery of new ideas. I, I love that and, and so true, right? What a wealth of resources that we have at our fingertips today. And it's free. Yep. <laughs> now, you know, when it comes to running a business, the, sometimes we face challenges. And actually, I should change sometimes to we're always going to face challenges yep. in our business. And in and the truth is, if your business is working correctly, you're always going to be coming, you know, overcoming a challenge. And so as you've grown your company, what's a significant challenge or defeat or an experience that you went through that really shaped who you are? I, I think that probably the biggest challenge is we get defeated by people who betray us. Hmm. Partners, employees that steal from us, people that walk without notice. Um, people that talk behind our backs. Um, yeah, I think you have to become someone who really understands that not everybody out there is a good person. <laughs> that there's 15, 20, 25% of the people that you're going to come across that just are negative. They're antisocial. They're just... They got nothing good to say about anybody. And if you start taking that personally, it really starts to, um, de you know, it, it starts to lower your own tonality and your positivity. So mm -hmm. I know that when I go out in the day, I'm, you know, having studied a lot about the mind and people and that there are psychotic and social, you know, psychotic people out there. There are sociopaths. Sometimes they wear suits, you know, sometimes they have DR in front of their name. 
So I just have to recognize like, okay, that's a negative person. I am not dealing with them. I don't want them as a client. I don't want them to talk to me. I'm moving on. I'm finding the 80% that are positive. I think it's very important that you understand hmm. you got to surround yourself with the right people. Wow. No, powerful lesson. So so even the, the doctor, right? If they've got a couple of those patients that are that Get are rid of them. In, that are always, you know, hounding them or, or, or the doctor just says, oh my gosh, I see this patient on the schedule today and I just feel sick and I want to call in and not show up at work. That's probably a clue that it's okay to fire that patient and let some other practice serve them. Yeah. I think what happens is, is there's two reasons. Number one, we're desperate for money. So we'll do anything for anybody, especially when you're starting out and you take on the wrong client, you wish you never had them. And it's costing you more than they gave you. And number two, it's almost like you feel obligated to help everybody. But I'm a, I'm a believer in that you help the people that are capable of being helped. Some people want to die. Some people want to kill others, even if it's just emotionally. And so I don't help the people that don't want to be helped. Hmm. If they're just complainers, I don't want to be their next complaint. Yeah. Wow. Powerful lesson, Edwin. I, I just, I, I get rid of them and I move on to positive people. Now, you know, among successful people, there, there's often a, a pattern or formula or, or right, some kind of path that they follow. And, and, you know, earlier we've been talking about really what is that, what is that path? What is that pattern? What's that formula for generating referrals? But do you believe there's a pattern or formula to really becoming a successful dental entrepreneur and growing and scaling your organization? 100%. 100%. Everything is proactive. Everything, the ball's in your court all the time. You start blaming others, then uh, are you looking to outside reasons? Uh, you you. You're, you will, you're setting the stage for your own demise. Wow. And I, think, and I think really what it comes down to is what are your principles? What are your non-negotiables? I have mine written down. My principles are written down. I don't, you know, I don't go out in the day going, well, should I like, no, this person, that situation, that opportunity does not align with my principle. You know, like I, I won't work in the cannabis, cannabis industry. I don't agree with it. I know it's legal. It's not part of my principles. So I've had opportunities to work in the cannabis industry. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying that's not part of my principle. So I, you know, hey, we got Mark Can't. No, it's, there's not even a conversation. It's no. So if you clearly know your principles and your sense of direction, you've got your compass aimed at north and you've got your map and who you are, it, it becomes very clear where to go and where not to go, who to work with and who not to work with. If you're strong in your principles, you'll be strong in your disciplines. And when you're strong in your disciplines, you will carve a path of success. Mm. Right. And that, that creates a, a, a holistic and a sense of integrity too, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Right. When you know what you're aiming for, where you're heading, it makes it really easy to say yes to the right opportunities and no to the wrong ones, doesn't it? Yeah. And also, no to the wrong people and yes to the right people. Yeah. And when you start attracting the right people and the right opportunities and you start avoiding the wrong people and the wrong opportunities, now you're you're building a momentum of success. Wow. 
Well, Edwin, thank you for, for sharing those insights with us. I, I know they are going to be helpful to everyone listening, right? Just the, those mindset shifts. That, that to me is the biggest piece and, and the greatest gift I can ever give you is helping you see things just a little bit differently and shifting that mindset. It really isn't some strategy or tactic or, mm. or formula. It's right, right. How do we shift your mind? How do we get you to think differently? Because if you think differently, you're going to act differently. And so, Edwin, any closing thoughts before we sign off here? Um, look, I think, you know, we we live in a time where there's a lot of negativity in the news. There's a lot of negativity on social media. It's very easy to get sucked into that. Hmm. And what I have found for me is when you find your own voice back to the, in your own principles and you focus on that, you don't get sucked into these smaller negative games. So if you're fueling your mind by learning, taking care of yourself, focusing on the right activities, being with the right people and avoiding that other stuff, I think that you can navigate your life a lot better and not getting brought down to uh, lesser games that have of no importance to you. Wow. Well, well said. So Edwin, once again, thank you for sharing so generously with us. Thank you for, for sharing the, this process of generating our best clients. And, and I know I certainly am walking away with a better knowledge of, of this strategic process, right? Some real simple takeaways of how to generate even more referrals and and really a process, right? You gave us a simple, simple process. If you just walk away and you sit down with your staff and say, ask every patient, are you happy? <laughs> and if they say yes, leave a review, right? That's going to pay dividends for years to come. And I know most importantly, I feel ambitious and, and invigorated again to get out there and implement some of these things. So thank you so much. Thank you. And and Tim, hey, I, I know what it takes to be a content creator. And I think you, you do such a phenomenal job of really organizing what you've done. And I can tell that you've put so much conscious effort and care into what you do. And I think you two need to be applauded for mm -hmm. really take, because I know that this probably took hundreds of hours to build up to, to and, and the dedication that you have to your craft. So well done to you. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I don't always get to hear those things. So I, I, I'm really honored to, to hear that, especially from someone at your level, because it's it's a labor of love for me and something yeah. I absolutely love doing. I, cool. and, and it's going to come right back to the, the closing, right? I get up every single day to help dentists just like you build that amazing life of significance so that you can take better care of the people you love, support the causes you care about, and really change the world for the better. But to do that, you got to take action. You got to be proactive. If you just listen to this episode, if you don't do anything with it, you've wasted your time, right? This is this is an absolute waste. But if you just take one or two of these things, you go back to your practice and you implement them, you're going to get some great results. And that's going to help you build that amazing life of significance. So until next time, we look forward to seeing you again and get out there and you make it a fantastic day. You've been listening to Dental Wealth Nation. 
We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from the show. Join us next time as we pull back the curtain to reveal the often hidden advice and strategies used by today's most successful individuals and families and help maximize your net worth so you can take even better care of the people you love. Till next time, make sure to hit the website at dentalwealthnation.com. 